Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for getting ahead as a student or even a non-student, because we don't really talk about student stuff that much anymore. We just kind of talk about productivity. Anyway, it's a good resource for getting ahead. Bad resource for learning how to start a punk rock band that only has songs that last about seven seconds long. All right. I'm a little long-winded. That's fair. So so you're definitely definitely not going to work for that. That's fair. Mm-mm, not going to work for that. What did I just do to my hair? I don't even know. Um, I've been trying to improve the quarantine hair a little bit. Yeah. But guess what? I am stoked. Um, Denver is allowing hair stylists and barbers to start working again tomorrow. That is, as that is true. I did get an email about that. Got to wear a mask in, but can get hair cut. Yep. I'm probably got to wear a mask. Not... They won't do like hair washing. They'll just do the cut. They won't do beard stuff. That's fine. I cut my own beard. Yeah. Pretty easy. I'm, I'm not doing the fair. Seneca crane swirls. Maybe I should though. Probably. I Martin, I've been thinking. I've been making up all these terrible resource jokes for the intro of the podcast. But we're starting a new podcast, or at least new name, in like five or six episodes. So here's what I'm thinking. Let's let other people decide what our show is a terrible resource for. They probably do know best. They probably do know best. So, dear listener, uh, send us funny ideas for what the show is a terrible resource for. Um, you can tweet them to me, at Tom Frankly, or uh, where else should they send them? Uh, or put them in the know. YouTube comments. Yeah, put them in the YouTube comments, but, but tweet them those? to me. I, would, I do sometimes. Okay. It's, it's actually kind of a funny observation I have made where um, like the bigger something gets social media wise, the, the less inclined I am to go and check the comments on it because there's just so many comments. Yeah. And when my, my YouTube channel first got big, I assumed like, okay, I guess I've just like passed that part of life where I check every comment. But the interesting thing is when the YouTube channel for the podcast started, because it was small, like it was like my brain reset, like a, an episode getting a thousand views on the podcast channel was exciting again, even though an episode getting a thousand views on my YouTube channel would be like, oh no, the business is going to die. <laughs> uh, and as a result, because there's usually only like 10, 10 comments, I go and read them. I usually don't reply to all of them just because I have a lot to do, but uh, I do read them. Um, but I will say, if you're going to send funny intro ideas, the best place to send them would be Twitter. Because out of any, out of all of my platforms, I would say Twitter is the place where I probably at least see stuff. Most guaranteed. Email is terrible because there's like a hundred thousand people who want to put guest posts on my website. So it's gotten to the point where like any email that's more than three sentences, you just have to like scan it. And if you see the word guest post, you just delete instantly. <laughs> Mm -hmm. probably i was thinking about this this whole like uh you know mismatch between the person receiving an email and the person sending an email because when you're sending an email you want to make it worth while so you think oh i should add more detail to it i should make it you know this great finely crafted email um mm. but from my perspective as somebody who gets hundreds of emails possibly a day uh the shorter yeah, episode is the better one 
We're going to episode like if, one if there are a pair of new things. Like, that way we this, don't run out of numbers. You know, I'm pretty sure that there aren't that many numbers many after tasks. 300. And so I didn't want to run into the, the upper limit. Dichotomy. Anyway, send us your joke intros. Well, this isn't a math podcast. And we might it's, use them. I can't, I think I can't do it. Fun. Yeah. We got to do something. Hey, Martin, I wrote a song yesterday. Um, the whole thing start to finish. I, I want to do some production tweaks. I may go back in and do a couple of, uh, recomps for a few areas where there was fret buzz, but, uh, yeah, I just sat down and so I filmed a video yesterday about how to kind of trick your brain into doing work. And it was this sort of observation that I've had where when I sit down at my computer and say, uh, yeah. I'm going to write a video. I'll usually feel very stuck and it's very tough to get started. Uh, but when I'm like sitting in my chair over there reading, I have my distraction journal next to me and I will often get a tiny little thought like, oh, hey, I might want to add something to a video later. So I'll start jotting it down and then I'll end up with like six pages of notes and the entire video is Gross. outlined. So the kind of whole idea was like, Work is like a non-Newtonian fluid. If you ease into it, you actually can ease into it. But if you try to like slam your face against it at a thousand miles an hour, it just turns into a brick wall and you can't get into it at all. And uh, music is exactly like that. Whenever I'm like, I'm going to make a song, I just get overwhelmed thinking about everything there is to do. And it's almost worse than a blinking cursor because at least with a blinking cursor, I know like I know what I must do. I have to write words but with an empty project in my DAW, I'm like, oh man, I could start with drums. I could start with guitar. I could start with vocals. I, I don't know where to start. <laughs> what do you do? Um, but I, I just was like, all right, well, I'm not intending to write a song. What I intend to do here is see if I can double track just a chord progression on the guitar. That is true. And for people who don't know, modern music when you record the rhythm guitars, typically, um, they are doubled, okay. which means a life conclusion. the artist will play a chord progression, and then they will replay it again and make it as close as possible to what they played the first oh, that's, time. That's like and then uh, in production, you take the first take, and you take the second take, and you put them right on top of each other, and you pan one to the left and one to the right. And what this does is it makes the guitar sound a lot fuller. Um, almost all modern music does this now. And you'd think, oh, well, I could just take the same guitar take and, and duplicate it and then just pan it left huh. and right that way. But the problem is when you have the exact same take, uh, the panning just cancels out and it sounds in the middle again or wherever the, the middle of the positioning would be. But when you actually double it and you get it close, it sounds the same, but there are minute differences that create this wider sounding soundstage. So if you want to have good sounding recorded guitars, at least for rhythm, you need to double it. So yesterday I'm just like, let me just see if I can double this really simple chord progression. And I got something I was kind of happy with. I guess with. we'll find out. And then once it was there, I was like, oh, I've yeah, not done that particular arrangement of melody things in my before. head. I'm going to play it out. And uh, by the end of the day, I had a I song wish. that I was pretty proud of. So yeah, now I'm just going to work Strangle on uh, still some little production trick. I don't know. I digress. I'll have a new study track out pretty soon. Pretty stoked. Now, you're working on music too, right? It's not that it's one hard. one of the few things we can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
mostly piano stuff or or have you been getting more into like production with your computer Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Is it like a Is it like a rhyming poem or is it more like Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's not like aggressive rap, but Oh, interesting. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Mm. I need to get better at, at working on music long term. Because my problem is I, I will make something and then I'm like, I want to just publish it. And get yeah, it but the concept thing. that running by itself is going to crush all my car out of existence. Oh yeah, is in fact not true. Although it seems it maybe would be true yeah. if you overdid it, and that's interesting too. I'm not at risk of overdoing it. Mm. It's way t- that's way too many miles. Why are you running that many miles? That's the problem. Yeah, yeah boring. That's boring. That's boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that even even for tracks I've that are for like forty five minutes, you, once, you tend I think to I could do that way kind of let it marinate in your head for a long time. Which I mean, there's a definite advantage there with my music. And he ironically did an incredibly good job. Like everything I've ever released, I couldn't play it for you because it's it all just pours out of me, and then I'm done. It's all improv. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I learned some interesting uh, study results. That's the primary mm-hmm. thing I want to say I learned. For the most part, there were things that's, that yeah, I had read in other locations. I've read a thousand like productivity books at this point. A lot of it's just refreshing you know, stuff or coming at it from a different angle. It, it doesn't like so exist before it's created. The biggest thing I learned it. was it the results of several studies. The first of which change a melody here, change is a melody incredible there, to me feel different. because so you they had some people that wanted to actually study how often people switch between tasks. I guess like the And they got this company to allow them to put a logging program on their users' computers. So maybe, that it would statistically, maybe, it would give them how often do they switch programs? How often do they get distracted by email? Doing stuff EDM like that. More than any and genre has it seemed like the result was that an average was to switch then, tasks every 40 you know, seconds. And when they had apps like instant messaging or Skype open, it was every 35 track, seconds. But it's 15 different versions now, of it. I knew people were bad and at focus. 
But if you had asked me how long I thought Some, people can focus, I mean, yeah, you could definitely before they tell get distracted. Like the core of the song, is even still I there. don't think I would have said forty seconds. That's pathetic. That is that yes. is absurdly low. I can't even comprehend. How yeah, when you listen to these, I, I seeing the numbers out there really makes it clear example, that it's a real problem. Right because now. I would have at least gone you can five or ten minutes. It's the song, like the heart of it, is there. Um, actually, a great one is, uh, and this is not really El- this is not really EDM, but uh, Ellie Goulding. I think she has a song just called like Lights or something like that. And it's There's computer work. A zillion. So they've got a bunch going on. Lights. Um, she did like a half an hour medley version. That the very lowest that are just constantly. Ago. Yeah, it's just and, you know, for the average to be like, that low and assuming some so, of them focus cool longer because they're doing their job. And, and that that's area that's not looking good. To sort of embrace the fact that a song could be all different kind of versions of itself and they happily share all those different kind of versions. It definitely is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, for you, it's like this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're making dance music or something, I also I love it when artists like this is very common in the rock community uh, will release a a stripped album. Yeah. Or um, or an acoustic album. My favorite example of this is the band Icy Stars. They have their album Treehouse, which is one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, yes, I see with my eyes. I see stars. And uh, Treehouse is one of my favorite albums ever. But then they released this reimagined <laughs> like acoustic version of the album that has, I think, six of the songs from it. And I like it better. Uh, and they did such a good job. Yeah. And then I got a like, question oh, like, okay, when was this specific one done? Because, but, you know, maybe they've got all these people are probably doing that with whatever social media they enjoy at this point. And they're like rearranged but, versions. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for anybody who has not listened to that, that album, I would highly recommend going and listening to Treehouse by Icy Stars in its entirety and then listening to the acoustic version. If you don't like post-hardcore with EDM influence, then go listen to just the acoustic version. I mean, I think even without the original context, it's a fantastic album that you really enjoy. But with the context, it's even better, in my opinion. I don't know that I, I think that's kind of why instinctively I think that's so wrong. I mean, <laughs> it's an exaggeration to think that that exact sentence is true. But if you think me, about how many people are working eight hours in an office, covers, but, uh, and you consider how many of those oh, hours were actually necessary for you to do what you did the day that was worth doing, I think that we would just become really sad to find out that most people are just being paid to waste their time, which hurts both the company and the person. But we both we both groups keep doing it because we're like, I don't know, it feels like the right thing to do. What I would say is the best cover song ever written, which is Jimi Hendrix's version of "All Along the Watchtower." Anyone who's seen Watchmen has probably heard that song before. The original version is great too, but for me, the cover just is like yeah the version of it. Anyway, uh, we got five questions today. It's one of those. Boom. Doesn't have to be bonus. The podcast is here for us to just chat, man, with some loose structure. 
the structure, the, 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 the crystalline structure belongs in the videos, which are highly scripted and take a long time. This is for us to just kind of riff. Uh, really? We have five questions, so every once in a while we do an episode I am like none this, of those, so that's absurd. From Twitter, from Instagram, if we happen to check DMs, which doesn't happen super often. Sometimes email, sometimes YouTube comments for the podcast. Um, Y'all know how to get in touch with us. We typically Sounds see terrible. stuff. So uh, we have five questions. We're just going to kind of riff on them. And if you have five questions you would like answered, dear listener, then send them to us. Yeah, and Twitter's most of them aren't even the important. Easiest and, way, um, I can easily then there was another thing link to a tweet, where when they were trying to do their Slack, studies, the, Yo Martin, the same group that question. did the logging so program in a little database. took six and years to find an organization with, uh, that would let them study employees when they so went the without email for a week. Uh, it took six six years to find a company that, that was like emails. Question, so I really want not the most it. crucial thing ever uh, for at least one is, week. What That's, is your consumption? Most of the email is garbage. Ratio. So this was sent to me by somebody who has a full time job, and I'm not sure why I don't. They remember felt a little frustrated because that. after they would get back from their full time job every day, they would spend a lot of time going through online courses or learning, and you know they had a lot of goals, but they noticed that. Um, Outside of work, they seem to be consuming a lot more than they were producing. Um, even if it was, you know, productive consumption. Right. It was, you know, instead of. I don't produce. I mean, I eat that kind of just lines up with how much I would time books I like Deep Work posited that we could focus really well on something per day anyway. It was like. Three but, three periods you know, of ninety minutes, and you'd probably be mentally dough. tapped out on one thing. Going to make pizza dough, then and it was just a little more. A balanced. lot of things. But no, this is for, after reading so many books, a lot of things seem to point to the fact that we really are only going to get three or four good hours done. You find meaningful. Um, so he asked me, like, you know, the, what the rest is, your is just busy work. Consumption to production ratio, as somebody who's a full time content creator, and my answer to him was that uh, it's not really fair. For you as somebody who doesn't consider your full-time job to be included in that production component to try to compare to somebody who does consider their full-time job as part of that component there. Because um, yeah. for me, like I produce a lot more than I consume. Or I at least, I at least produce 50%. You know, it would be at least 50-50 just because I spend eight hours yeah. a day producing in some capacity um and you know some of that is research but a lot of it is editing or filming or writing or whatever it's a lot of production so what i said is i think it would be better to, to think back to um, the one experience i have had which was similar to his current life situation where i had a full-time job and then i would come home and work on things after that and that was my internship um, after my sophomore year of college, where I worked 40 hours a week in a big financial company, worked in a cubicle, and then came home. And uh, I think it's actually a, a great place to make a comparison because that was when I was building College Info Geek. Yeah. And I think even then, I had a pretty good amount of production as compared to my consumption. And for that, I would attribute the, uh, the whole 1% rule and the power of being on a schedule. So I know, and I think you know, if yeah. you aren't forced to produce on a schedule, 
and you are the kind of person who is maybe a little perfectionist or who really just wants the work you're creating to be great, it can be very easy to yeah, watch like you don't you don't sit down and say I'm going to start working. One you more just say I'm going to one more business insert book, actual activity. Uh, go through one more course. Because working is some vague. Exactly. I want to make videos, but you know I don't know really thing. great camera techniques. I better go through this course. I really don't know how to do editing very well. I better go through this course first. You know, because I don't want to put out something that's crappy. So I, let me go through these courses first. And the problem there is uh, when you're only yeah. in learning mode, you're not actually learning that effectively because you're not getting your hands dirty. You're not putting what you're learning into action. So it just kind of sits into your brain or it kind of goes into your brain and sits there as information you ostensibly know, but can tie to no real world experience that you've had. So, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you have to do it. Uh, I'm going through a yeah. course on Adobe Illustrator right now, and one thing that I force myself to do is anytime he shows how to do something, I pause the video and do it, even if I don't need to. And if there's a keyboard shortcut for doing it that he mentions, I will do the keyboard shortcut. Like, even if he's like, you know, all right, we're going to go to window. We're going to open this thing. Oh, by the way, here's a keyboard shortcut for that. I just, I'm like, all right, cool. Let me actually press the buttons. Because if I'm just like, I, I acknowledge there's a keyboard shortcut and I can remember that it is command shift G. That is not the that, same thing actually, as actually hitting command shift true. G and seeing do. the thing happen as a reaction to your input. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I guess my, my one piece of advice here is if you feel that your consumption to production ratio is skewed too far in favor of consumption, then use the 1% rule. Yeah. Find a way to put yourself on a schedule when it comes to production. And with each thing you produce, find I a way would to say that I like push yourself. The, to I really liked that the second half of the book. 1% was about now, scatter focus, 1% which I believe is an we've ideal. also referred to as diffused mode I don't before. think there's a way for us to so create some thing. universal formula where you quantify yeah. uh, but it's, you know, uh, how much you could possibly improve from one project to the next and then force yourself to only do it by 1%. Yeah. You know, actually some, some videos I would say I, I think it makes I it more clear fifty percent. What the some point videos is it truly um, is like yeah, it was just kind of incredible. But I thought it was really important but to bring that up because that's more where of a, a lot of the creative thing. thoughts. That's where find a, a way to make sure occur. that you and can say when you look back on this, this basically, most recent piece of work. I liked that the you thought did not that rest on your laurels. When we're coming up with those things, it's like we're connecting different dots. Find a way to say I did something better. So, so if we want to be creative or good problem solvers, we need we can to break accumulate that a wide breadth of both of those things. We need uh, to with add this dots. Song that I did so it's like becoming yesterday. a T-shaped person um, where you want to be, my you want to have depth in your skill set, but you want to have breadth sure. as well. But uh, also, but that's, you know, even that's within I do every day. I how you choose to go day. deeper into a skill set. So just if I want to become a good artist, if I want to make really good pixel art, I should study different types of art, not just pixel art, so that I can take disparate lessons from various places, combine them, 
come up with something uh, interesting you know, myself double tracking the guitars and solve problems in ways to. that never been maybe that somebody who had only studied uh, their topic or if you're writing a book who had only ever read one genre I got they wouldn't be able to pull in something interesting from a different EQ, genre um purposefully my one of my favorite characters if not my favorite character from avatar the last airbender the song specifically takes inspiration from bands each other culture and different bending styles and they are you know, I need all the wiser for it and much cooler kind of because of it and boom now it's actually through you need to be able to connect things something indirectly and in order to do that you just have to go out and learn new things uh, not knowing why music, they're valuable i the one piece i'm missing is there's no i was also um <laughs> which there probably should be if, if I, I want to be I didn't like the recent survey that he referenced in this section that mentioned eighty three percent of Americans said that they didn't spend any time whatsoever schedule. relaxing or thinking in the twenty four hour period before they were surveyed. So how are you gonna accumulate dots? Ooh, I love this. Okay. Uh, all the time. Does it have working, to be public? always doing chores, always something. A lot of my best stuff has come I, from sitting around and thinking and nothing else. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. The album thing is interesting. Um, the band. Oh, God. What's their name? The album's title is Sundowning. Oh, uh, Sleep Token. They're, they had a really interesting way of releasing their album. They did it one track at a time every two weeks. Cool. Which was weird. I think there are defenses of the concept of the album in 2020, but they are weaker than they've ever been. And I think that... Mm. hear that a lot with language. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely depends on what kind of album. If you're making a concept album, it should come out all at once. If you're making one of those albums where all the songs bleed into each other, should probably come out at once. And there, there are a lot of defenses for like, hey, an album makes a statement as a collective whole. And if you're just releasing singles, you know, you don't get that. But there's also, uh, you know, the counterpoint there is authorial intent often gets twisted by how the consumer chooses to consume the media. Um, I listen to albums out of order all the time. My, my listening style is to take one or two songs I like from an album, I'll add those to my like songs, and those are all I'll ever listen to. I, I'm just not the kind of a person who sits down and listens to a whole album. I know you're different. So, hey. No, <clears throat> oh, man, I listen to music constantly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, that's the thing you have to yeah. kind of come to terms with as an artist. You put something out into the world, um, not only to share it, but ideally for people to consume it and enjoy it in the way that you intended and once it, no, is out it does it world, does feel it like you gotta finish it it feels i mean obviously the sunk cost fallacy people is a player it but it's really powerful it. people will turn it into a 30 it feels, second cell phone what if i don't finish like uh, this random book or, some artists or project really or something there might be something right at the 90 uh, percent mark that i really need and i just don't know it yet but thus far i haven't benefited much some artists get like but still, fundamentally. In this mad next fish is going to be the big one. Content in a different way than they intended. Like there was this recent controversy about Ariana Grande. Yeah, like she had this whole video where she basically subtweeted some other girl for acting like her on TikTok. 
And she's like, imagine being an artist who put in all this blood, sweat, and tears to make this exact thing, and then somebody goes in and reinterprets it in a way that I don't like. I, I don't know. Like, I guess yeah. I understand the feeling, but when you put things out into the world for other people to enjoy, like, it's you just gotta you gotta have to know. You know, people are going to do things with it that you didn't intend. And as long as they're not breaking the law, yeah. like, you might not like it, but at the end of the day, they're still enjoying something you made. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially because you're watching the show, yeah, which I mean, directly has a bunch of filler that isn't even in the manga, which you know, is already long like, enough. Like, I've seen people say, like, oh, it's disrespectful to uh, to turn on a YouTube video and listen to it, like, turn off the screen of your phone. It's like, is it? You're still giving attention to the person. If, if someone watches my video as a podcast and they don't get to see all the cool animations I put work and time into, they're still, yeah. they're still paying attention to the things I created. Like, I'm grateful for that. Would I prefer that you enjoyed all my cool camera tricks and stuff? Sure. But even the people who are watching, like 95% of those people don't understand the work that went into it. Yeah, a book feels more So all the technical highbrow. stuff... Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's a great, there's a great for uh, production to output ratio for podcasting. But uh, there's a very good production to fulfillment ratio for my videos. And even if people don't, uh, you know, even if the majority of people don't understand all the work that went into it and what's going on behind the scenes, that's fine because I got the satisfaction from doing it. I might get some satisfaction from the feedback I get on it, but the majority of that satisfaction comes from simply doing the work and making the discoveries for myself. And that's how it should yeah. be. Because if you're if you're getting all of your satisfaction from the feedback you get from others, eventually it won't be enough. You become desensitized to a particular level of feedback and then you need more to get the same hit. And eventually we all fade from relevancy. We all hit a plateau or a peak it's just what it is. So you must learn to derive satisfaction from the work itself. Anyway, uh, my main tip on the production to consumption thing is, again, 1% rule. Put yourself on a schedule, get 1% better, which getting 1% better requires you to go learn and consume, which can help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this kind of neatly solves both extremes. Um, if you're the kind of person who just produces at the same level, always on, you know, always resting on your laurels, uh, having to get 1% better requires you to go out and learn. Um, but being on the schedule requires you to actually produce as well. You can it's, feel it's it when that seems to have been the case when you're reading it. Mm -hmm. You're just like, and this is kind of how oh, I that's think cool. About, like, I see that you've made. Can I devise some sort of system that what's the rest forces of this? me into a boundary box that represents good balance, healthy balance? And you know, I'm not always great at it, but that works for me. Uh, that's true. That's true. We're always we we are all the pendulum arm swinging from one unhealthy extreme to another, hoping that some force will push us back into equilibrium until we are uh, unceremoniously pushed out of equilibrium once again. Anyway, 
Equilibrium's a good movie. There's Gun Fu in that movie. Christian yeah, Dale's and I don't remember if this is a specific right, we got quote or just some old adage or something. I like to write fiction. But it's poetry, sometimes the, stories. The but idea that the if you can't explain something time, using simple words in a way that even a kid could understand, how can I you don't really this? understand it all the way. So That implies uh, that short, simple explanations just speak more highly of the person who explained it. And we're just like, but what if you made that 700 pages longer and used words that I needed a dictionary Then would you look smart? Consider that. I don't think so, but I did need to because I excitedly received a set of encyclopedias for my birthday. Yeah. So I kind of already just Anna knew all this, those words like, because well, if they feel I mentally voluntarily read the encyclopedia time, do they actually, do they actually like because I'm fun. I'm great at parties. But I wonder if there's a, you know, more subtle problem here. Um, it's, I don't know. It's tough. Personally, I, I don't write fiction, but I make music. And sometimes I find myself completely immersed in the process of production. I'm very much enjoying myself. Sometimes uh, I'm very happy with what comes out of it, but producing it. Oh, yeah. They're weirdly expensive. Like, uh, now it. you don't have to worry about that, I guess. That, that's especially but it was a great gift. Uh, I was a weird um, kid, I guess. I don't guess. really write a whole lot of fiction, but with nonfiction, like, sometimes I'm very into the process of writing. And sometimes it is like pulling teeth to get those words down on the computer screen. Uh, but once they're there, I'm happy with it. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on overcoming the mental exhaustion aspect? Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. It's a good idea. You could do the same thing with like a word of the day sort of thing, except for that's like a mm. topic of the day. That's pretty cool. Hmm. I would have to find it really interesting. I mean, a lot of fancy words, I I just intentionally let fade away. I'm like, yeah, that's a, I'm never going to use that. And if I did use it, people would, yeah. they would hate me for it. They would be like, what are you saying that for? Do you think you're so smart over there? What is this? It's got to ride the line between intellectual and comprehensible so that it doesn't sound like I'm just full of myself if I go use it in a conversation. Mm. I could actually, yeah, that makes sense because maybe mental exhaustion can be partially caused by a mismatch yeah, between obviously. the expectations. And it needs to mean borderline nothing or it's not artistic. And if you're going in every single day being like, I'm going to write an entire chapter of this novel and, and then you write a thousand words, you might feel bad about it. Yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that I'm sure that I had tried to use words that were too weird and smart for certain certain things in life, but. I, 
I think it's interesting that as I get older, the more I'm just like, I shouldn't be using those words at all, basically. Other than for weird poetic purposes, mm-hmm. it, they're basically just pretentious. And then even if I have something good to say, mm-hmm. no one will want to hear it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I've used I've done problem solving while yeah like. Um, I've been reading the book. Uh, I, I do those two at the same time Bailey, for the most part. Uh, I think it's interesting to separate them, but for me, they're usually names, together. I mean, in college, when I was writing, sitting down, I'd be writing lyrics, you know, very intense to music, and the almost the only time that I could do it well focus, was just rollerblading uh, at two a.m. around network, the campus and around town. I've also called the diffused mode. I needed nothing going on mentally um, so that that's I could when you have created capture insights. things and, and what you are doing and do going around in rollerblades best way for sort of to solve almost anything the world going into same things happen enjoy, with programming problems same things space. happen like with that is, almost anything intense uh, that I need to think about that's, that's kind of like way the way you have those try to disconnect and do something else and just let the answer come, come to me so and maybe the, so one thing that I thought of here which is kind of related is I wonder if this person is experiencing mental exhaustion because they are trying to combine the act yeah. of creation with the act of editing. This is something I struggle with all the time. I'll write something and I'll immediately doubt it. Like is that the perfect way to phrase that sentence? And the best writing that I do always comes from me sitting down and focusing just on getting the words out of my brain, not worrying about if they're the most eloquent prose that I've ever written, just get the ideas out, get the sentences written. And then I come back after a break to edit. I don't think that I have done that. I would definitely go try to do some habitual. I, I would absolutely go on a walk or something rather than just sit still and wait for thoughts. And when mm-hmm. I, the only time I sit still is when I'm like meditating. And for that, yeah. I'm not trying to come up with ideas. So it doesn't really line up with what yeah. I'd be doing that for. Yeah. I get- mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, I guess like sometimes it's not just the words. But it depends. You have to figure out like how many syllables. It's a pretty hit or miss because the goal isn't that. So it's here. just if an idea decides to show up. Since I'm more or less trying not to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to pay attention to going forward. And I also bet there'd yeah. be a difference depending on how long I meditated. Like there's probably a certain level past which I'd be more likely to have ideas pop into my head. <laughs> Rather than like if you do some headspace three minute beginner meditation, yep. I highly yeah. doubt you're gonna come up with much in yeah, three minutes. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm well aware. But that if you meditate for a long time, then my brain I could see there being a point past which you just like, kind of naturally tap into. Uh, there, there's a study about random thoughts. I mean, we've talked about this before, but there's a study about freestyle rappers in an MRI machine, and when they freestyle rap, I think so. Completely different. I don't really brain lights use up it. When they're doing stuff from memory. I or, used it once because I heard you could do it more focused on it. But I don't um, typically like one of my meditation. favorite things I've done in the last probably six months is I got the new Apple Watch, um, and I couldn't really get into the first Apple uh, Watch. I will go meditate for six hours the after this recording. Is much better, which I love. I will, but I have a know what I complication. Which yeah, is just their weird fancy term for putting a shortcut to an app on your home yeah. screen of the watch. Obviously, I and then as the, the, the piece of the cliff app. that I'm on crumbles down, so I, can, I will continue I meditating as it falls. Boop, and only at the last second will I reach out, taps, eyes closed, and grab hold of a branch. So and I will, then gently I will step just to the start ground. recording, and I'll grab my so, uh, guitar and just start I'm going to do that away. right after and, this. Um, I just got to find a cliff. Lead stuff, I'll just start as, as long as you were calm enough, the panicking is what kills you. You know, It's certainly not grabbing. The other day, I was just playing guitar, and I was playing this chord progression that I've been practicing, looking at... Yeah. a YouTube page. Yeah, that's how it <laughs> I works. just started like picking words out of the titles in the suggested sure videos and just working them. And we're in Colorado, so there's probably clips somewhere out there that make no sense, have no meaning, no no cohesive uh, message being communicated, just lyrics. Um, and there's stuff in there that I would love to work into real songs. I will have to replace the words, but that's not the point of the initial act of creation. It's just what sounds good. Oh, yeah, singing. Along with this chord progression, hmm, I'm there's a really great John Mayer uh, video where he's talking to a radio host um, about how to become a songwriter, and he said you kind of have to just get to yeah, this point where, where this you are is. absolutely I mean, fearless I about doing this, about grabbing the guitar, drumming some chords, and just making up random crap hmm. and singing it. And I mean that that dude is absolutely fearless. He grabs his guitar in the interview. And just starts making up weird, stupid lyrics. Some of them are not even lyrics. Some of them are just pure gibberish. And the, the radio host is sitting right in the room. You know, he's doing it publicly on live radio. Uh, and he's just totally okay with it. It's because he knows that what he's creating is not the final form. But it is what will get him to the final form. So there's no reason to be embarrassed about the kind of garbagey state of what is initially created. So that would be my one tip here is if you if you can separate those two acts, separate creation from editing, and I think you'll find that you have less mental exhaustion because you don't have two sides of your mind warring against each other at the same time. All right, question number three. How do I stop binging so much TV without giving up my favorite shows? It's a good question. Especially now that yeah. you know TV's like it feels like a lot of those lessons binge. need to be relearned over and over and over because we can only like we can do it's it really well tough. for a little bit and then we'll forget and we'll get caught up into some sort of weakness and then just mm -hmm. need to relearn. Mm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, well, humans are bad at those kind of lessons. It's mm-hmm. like, so seatbelt laws have likely saved many lives. And it would be ridiculous for us to say, yeah, but see, all the lives are safe now. We don't need those seatbelt laws. And then we just get rid of them. What do you think would happen? <laughs> More people would die. We're just, we're bad at learning that we still yeah, need why, to control things once the control starts sucks. doing well for us. Like, oh no, I have to leave this universe. I don't, I don't know why that seems such an obvious lesson when you, when you think about it intentionally, but the way we <laughs> live our lives, we seem to just let it slip through our fingers every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it is. Yeah, it's because we're, we're used to it. It seems comfortable. And then planes will seem scary. So, Although, in my defense, I find planes scarier because on the off chance I do die on a plane, up I will get like the horrifying suspense. Whereas in a car, but I have the I hope the that it's instant, work you know? Done, so I'm kind of okay with it. Huh? It's, uh, the risk of being scared is higher yeah, I mean, for me. That, so watch out for that. I think but, I just have But I know statistically I'm way safer every time. In my life that I'm also every time. To, that there's just not a whole lot of time left over for TV. Now, if you drive off a cliff, you lose both times. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes I do get sucked in. Whoops. So. I think sometimes, like if it's rare, it's fine to binge a show. What? Um, my question would be: how Your dad's alive. How does that even make sense? Have, and if you have, a I don't ton understand what clips shows, are. I think maybe your life is a little unbalanced. Mm-hmm. Like uh, last weekend, I I binged the entire first season of Little Witch Academia in one day, but. I know a lot of people who do things like that when they finish a season or they finish a show, their immediate next question is, okay, what's the next show I'm going to watch? And for me, that's not the question. Yeah, it's but like, you wanted to at, at least one what time, What do I want to do next? It's, it's probably, I think it's in your blood you know, to want to do something that seems really work, obviously reckless. It's, I don't, I don't so ask myself, like, what's the, the yeah, next it's a family version curse, of clearly. this medium that I can consume? Because I don't, I don't want to get into a habit of being like, I'm, I always have a show. Because I don't always need a show. Yeah, eventually it happens to all of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the only reason I brought up the plane thing, not to be like weirdly dark, it's just because just I was terrified of planes until I read a book explaining a, how they worked. TV buff. You know, and once I understood more I love of the movies, physics behind why a plane a worked and became comfortable with it, similar to how I'm like, well, I know how my car works. It's just not valuable to me. It became less scary. Other things it was only when it was time, like, well, it's magically in the sky. I don't understand what it's doing. Then it's terrifying a frequent basis, because it doesn't like, make any sense. All right, what's the next movie I'm going to watch? What's the next show I'm going to watch? But now, I mean, I still don't like them, but obviously I'm a lot more comfortable with it because I learned how planes work rather than just being told statistics since you can't feel statistics. 
the show is so so ridiculous i'll watch one episode and i'm like all right that was funny i'm good i can't sit there and laugh for like a full hour my temples will hurt <laughs> whereas like little yeah, i just need to maintain my own calm for a few watching. hours so i don't, I don't always want to have a show like that that i'm in the middle of um and i don't always want to have like a fiction book i'm in the middle yeah. of I'm, i've been reading seven eves and you know if i'm not careful i'll spend two hours reading which like I want to read every day, but I don't want to spend two hours a day reading because I got other things going on. So we're cutting my work time. Yeah, you can't just automatically let uh, okay. it happen when so, you're focused. Question number four. I've been offered an internship at a company that wants to hire me after graduation, but the work is unrelated to what I'm studying. Is it a good idea to take advantage of this offer or would it be better to make sure my first job is related to my major? It's a heavy question. And tough for me to answer as somebody who completely ignored my major technical focus with regards to my career. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, I can sum up what I, I learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I am entirely confident that if I wanted to go into some management information systems related field, I could do it. I might have to accept. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't believe that if I were to get an interview, they'd be like, well, why'd you spend all this time in media production? You, you know, maybe they'd ask that question, but then I could answer it. I did this, but I still have the skills for this position, and this is what I want to do now. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't have the skills for that particular position, I may have to go for something a little bit more entry oh, level. Oh, so you can't. And I guess the, that's something you don't want to use the phone timer. Here. Like, if you go into a different field, are you going to spend you buy an a iPod lot of touch. time in that field, or are you going to be using it as kind of like a stopover and and working on getting back? into the field that you majored in. Well, it's a terrible idea, but didn't it sound good for a second? Because you were like, wouldn't it be productive to go to the store and buy something Mm -hmm. new? Yeah. This is is probably (laughs) a more fun than working. to actually discuss with a career counselor who can look at your individual situation, look at the specific fields that you're going into. Some fields are looking to hire people right out of school uh, and they're going to be more biased towards that than others. Yeah, and yet I've like had I the same laptop IT for seven years, so clearly we don't need to buy all the gadgets. That you go into it right after school. But maybe like the medical field might be a little more rigid in that respect, or law might be a little more rigid in that respect. So, you know, talk to somebody who's knowledgeable in your specific field. Um, talk to a career counselor, talk to, do informational interviews with people who actually work in companies within your field and ask them, like, you know, what would your management or your, your recruiters um, think of somebody who went to school for this, but the one got experience in a different area. Would it be a red flag? Uh, would I still have to basically start an entry-level position? Would experience over here actually give me something that would give me a leg up going back into this field? There's a lot of different nice. questions here. But the big one is, you know, do you want to take a detour? Is it worth it to you? And why is it worth it to you? Is it just for money? Do you need oh. that money? Do you have a ton of student debt That's right now cool. that you have to pay off? Or is it just um, is it just like, you know, the first good opportunity you've gotten and it feels like you'd be 
letting the door slam on something really important if you pass it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, think about the uh, the sunk cost fallacy, because that that can clear or that can cloud our judgment many times. Where we're like, "Well, I want to do this. It's a good <laughs> premium version." But, but we won't keep telling this, you about the premium version, and it would just be a waste to let all that go by the wayside. Well, number one, it's not a waste if whatever ah, weird okay. windy path that you've been on so far has gotten you to an opportunity that you find fulfilling and worthwhile. And even if it is a waste, like let it be a waste because I would rather, I would rather have something be a waste in my path in my past and be happy with what I'm doing. Yeah, now every time I've tried time tracking and I legit keep to the be statistics, miserable doing what eventually I'm doing now, it becomes more but have some like the, the statistics and the numbers and the work that, and I'm you know, doing this is counterintuitive is somehow at some point propping me. up my past just distracts me. And I'm like, what do I categorize this under? I, I now I have to figure that. out what category what all the weird things I do for work fall under and that's like 10 categories. Nope. Unless past me discovers time travel. I'm going to come to the future and they're going to scold me. How dare you? Yeah. Ashley and I have been working on something similar. Um, changed it's because future me went back in time. Color. And uh, gave the time travel some tech per past something. Me. I'm working in the living room. Yeah. Which, so it's which really... Caused, to pass it me. is kind of impressive and to me how much I can't work if people are around me in the slightest. I was working on an article. Like, no, I was doing really that. well. I'm going into the Ashley old comes downstairs, with doesn't even talk to me, just go to get something from the kitchen. Current. Immediately, my <laughs> mind clears, and I'm subconsciously prepared to talk, even if there was never any indication. <laughs> is, is that and my I knew she wasn't going to because she had said earlier she wouldn't talk to me. It doesn't matter. I can't be that's around the, people. That's the so only, I have to have a distraction-free mode where I know that I'm completely Like nothing's going to happen. going back to the past. I want them to make more of that new Samurai Jack series. That was so good. It was really good. Okay. Yeah, that's a heavy question. I'm sorry we don't have like a more mm. concrete answer for you, but the, the the truth of it is there isn't a concrete answer because we're talking about yeah. your future. And and ultimately you're gonna chart that course. Uh the the biggest thing I would say is be aware of that yeah, sunk th- cost That anticipation is super and then hard. Get information about it's your like specific major area. If that's what you really want to be in, um Ask people who are knowledgeable, is taking an opportunity in a new field going to be a detour that will hurt me in the long run? You know? All right. Uh, last question. What are your thoughts on other YouTubers who have said they don't think they don't think self-help books are worth anything? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. We've started to. It, and it's worked a lot better. If you don't... If you don't read self-help books, you're going to fail. And furthermore, if you don't join my 7,000 Steps to Financial Freedom Success Program, only $2,000 per month, but it's a recurring charge, but I'm not going to tell you about that. It's in fine print. If you don't join that, you're not going to live up to your full potential. You're going to be a failure. And yeah, like, I mean, mine were just your kids are being be surprised at the 40-second distraction thing. Uh, appreciating the scatter focus, putting it, putting it in terms of like connecting dots, I think is a really good way to explain that. 
because I've tried to one, talk about it before. One people, slip but is I all it takes. This is, this is a way not easier way. So you want to connect card. dots, and right now you have like not no putting dots. In digits. There aren't a lot of connections you can make, even if you try. And um, yeah, then the, the getting things to bid for your attention <laughs> was, was a big one for me too. Just I really liked I the, the part where it was like, notice when you I don't have time for something goal tracking because journey. you always have time. You're and just spending it on something else, etc. And like I know that because I was always. But like I forget this. it. I didn't and then I find things. myself I complaining that I don't have time for things and not really questioning where that time is going. Before, but then I and I just give it to whatever now, has claimed just, it deserves my time. And there have been a few nonfiction journal, books, so including um, this journal a part of the last part of this book, I was where I like, skimmed like, through it quickly, still paying attention. But usually I will cling to every single word, like every single word must have value. And I slow myself down a bunch that way. So I really AdSense like this. Is a not remembering that I don't need to hold so on to everything once I've gotten the so value I needed from it. Who advertise? They target my content. So like I'm trying to make a useful video for free. So many shysters. Ugh. All right, I went off on a tangent. Uh, Self help books are are content like oh, yeah. any other content. An idea from a self-help book could be given to you by your dad in a conversation before you go out into the football field. It could be written on a building. It could be anywhere. It's an idea. So for, for people who say, you know, a self-help book is worthless, it's it's just a way of communicating ideas, which may be very helpful to you. Yes. Yeah, this actually. I mean, I guess if you're right trying to get out of there as quick as possible, ratio. that could make I've sense. I've seen a lot of people who are like, you'd certainly have less. Dread. I read a hundred self-improvement books. I'm a guru now. And it's like, you haven't done anything. You just consumed other people's advice. That's nothing really worth admiring. Yeah. Yeah. So here, here's, uh, here's some truth bombs for y'all. Some some hashtag truth knowledge bombs, like bath bombs that come from bed, bath, knowledge bombs and beyond. Um, when you're a public figure, you can rally more support to your cause when you make simple, clear statements that don't involve a lot of nuance and waffling. Uh, you could take this one piece of advice hmm. and, and go become a very successful demagogue if you want. Make simple, sometimes wrong, Almost certainly wrong because they're not. Okay, wrong. so they're getting Simple, their work done, but they hate statements. Self-improvement books are worthless. You don't need those. So much easier to remember than, well, self-improvement books, you know, they're not inherently worth less or worth something. It's really what you do with them. And, you know, we have to actually consider the self-improvement book as a singular thing. It's a lot of words. A lot of words. That wasn't the best words. 
I only need three words in my vocabulary, U.S. and but What a. if you like the results and they support something that you already claim So that's to be one thing. The other thing is if you can define a clear cool. enemy. Cool. I do that all the time. Your, your platform or your cause. I've never been wrong so far. It makes you stand out more. It, it, it defines you by providing some contrast. So some people out there, um, let's just take Gary Vaynerchuk for an example. Now, I don't, I don't want to say his yeah. his idea here is necessarily wrong or right, but Gary Vaynerchuk is well known for saying college is useless. Don't go to college. You could learn so much more by being an entrepreneur, getting your hands dirty, getting experience in the real world, and to a degree, he has a point. To a degree, there are things in that message worth considering. No, I think, but I think I, after I this, I'm going to take, some, take a good again, break there's nuance from here. straight up productivity books. Some people books. thrive really as in a lot of other ones. Decks. Some people thrive going out into the big wide world with no plan and figuring that one things out themselves. Some people thrive under an inordinate amount of structure. For some people, joining the military is like the best thing they could ever do because yeah, there's somebody there night and day directing them on almost every single decision and that's what they need at a certain point in their lives. So to put out a giant message, you know, it, one size does not fit all, but it does define. Here's yeah. us. Here's them. They're the red. They're, they're the skins. We're the shirts. And it's very simple. People are very tribalistic. So when you when you craft a simple message that defines an enemy and lets your audience, in part, define their identity. By their opposition to the oh that airplane mode that's way better than do not disturb because then nobody can even get through that's a good idea which is why we have yeah (laughs) (laughs) they should reconsider. Can't have flowers without bees. <laughs> well, you probably could, but their position is relatively similar. But you're gonna connect way easier on mutual opposition or something just because it feels so right to Yeah. It's desperate for something to say it's not part of what I'm about. Yeah. I'm not about that life. Alright. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, exactly. You know, opposition to something is very emotionally charged. You know, and we love to feel justified in our emotionally charged positions. It's like a drug kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel good. I would, it still feels very negative, but it also makes me good. Review us on Yelp. How often do you find yourself compulsively scrolling Gotta, through the replies in a Twitter I thread? I don't know how Yelp you works. Know, something Maybe you, you could agree with. squeeze us in there in some category. Yeah, don't. But when, when somebody retweets somebody who's like said something completely stupid, you, you go into the replies and you just like scroll in self-righteous indignation. Yeah, this person's an idiot. And I know a thousand yeah. people have told them they're an idiot, but I really, really, really want to tell them they're an idiot too. It's kind of like one of the problems with the internet. If your video breaks, then we'll just, we'll have a break in the video. It's cool. Oh, I was wondering who was calling you. For people listening, uh, Martin has to film on an iPhone right now because quarantine. We'll put the Pixel Mom on there. Can you make Pixel Martin? I'm gonna do a Pixel Martin. 
Perfect. That's yeah, we're almost Yes. Sounds good to me. All right, so here here's my nuanced point about self-help books. People are not going to like as much as a strong statement. Um, some self-help books are chock full of great ideas. They have a wonderful signal to noise ratio. And some self-help books are glorified business cards for the author. They're a Yeah, and the productivity and self-improvement space is egregious yeah. here with people who will take a an idea that could be communicated in a blog post or two sentences. Like, I didn't know this. Apparently, there's a book for the Pomodoro technique. And like, set a timer for 25 minutes. Work on one task for 25 minutes. If you get distracted, write down what distracted you and go back to work. Then take a five minute break. There, I thought, I, oh, I know I'm gonna get sued because the book, there's a, actually, I don't talk very much about the Pomodoro technique anymore because I made a video about it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty like, miraculous. The guy's lawyer reached out and he, they're like, you're using a trademark term in your title for your video. We want you to remove it, which number one, if you're talking about a trademark, like if you're, I'm going to, I am allowed to put the title, like I'm allowed to put the word McDonald's in a YouTube title. Is McDonald's good for you? I'm not allowed to like, you know, build a product in the McDonald's system. I can't have that. But like, Naturally. if I'm like writing a, an editorial piece about McDonald's, I'm allowed to do that. Second of all, though, my video on the Pomodoro technique starts out by crediting that guy for making it and linking to his website. So if the dude is so petty that he's going to go and make, number one, completely false and unjustifiable claims that you're wrongly using his trademark and his trademark is just set a timer to do work, I just don't see a big reason to promote his idea anymore. Because well, you're setting a timer. You set, set a timer. Like, if, if you're going to come up with a really simple idea that's not all that innovative, don't be petty about it. That's a bad combination. Make, make things that are difficult. Make okay. things that are worthwhile. And then be humble. Be cool. Be chill. Just come on, man. Anyway, there's there's a filtration process here. You can use Goodreads Said for it. You can use Amazon reviews for it. You can use the opinions of people you trust. Like, uh, I trust Derek Sivers. He's got a great book notes page on his website where he takes the notes from every book he reads and publishes them for free. So if you want to, you can just read the notes if you want. But he also gives his verdict. This book was worth reading. This book was, you know, just a bunch of filler. Um, so my position on this is that, you know, self help books could be worthwhile, but you need to figure out is the self-help book that I'm going to read, is it worth taking eight hours to go through 300 pages or is it just a bunch of padding and maybe one useful idea? So here's my parting thought on it. Yeah. Don't finish bad books. Yeah. Start a book, you paid for it, sunk cost. If it sucks, put it down, move on to the next one. There are a lot of books out there and a lot of other experiences to have in this world. 
Don't waste your precious time on a bad book. Boom. Yeah. Exactly. So just be a little bit more judicious. About yeah, it's pretty miraculous. Just read. And um, I like this term from, from hyperfocus, which I would say uh, for people who maybe want to learn how to focus better, the signal to noise ratio and hyperfocus is very good. Um, one of the ideas that he had in that book was uh, make, make things bid for your attention constantly. So... Yeah. Do I hear two minutes? Naturally. Do I hear three minutes? Do I hear four minutes? Five minutes sold to this stupid Twitter thread about Ariana Grande being mad at a TikTok star. Why did I do this? <laughs> but if you think about it in that way, like, all right, this thing that I'm currently considering paying attention to, it is not in a vacuum. It is not the only thing I could pay attention to. And, oh, I can see over here that this interesting book is bidding a little bit higher in terms of the value it's going to offer me. So... The TikTok Twitter thread loses out. The fluffy business book that's really just a blog post with a bunch of filler loses out. Because my attention must be bid for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You just got to think about it a little bit more practically. So that's five questions. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, like we mentioned in the okay. intro, Send us your intro ideas. I would love to know what this podcast is a bad, terrible resource for. And the more ridiculous, the better. It's a terrible Peruvian Headphones are hurting my head. Headphones are hurting my head. Headphones are hurting my head. Until we come out with our episode. Headphones are hurting my head. Headphones are hurting my head. Headphones are hurting my head. I did. A bunch of people have been tweeting me this story about how apparently they're. I haven't been able to read the story because it's behind a paywall, but. The headline is apparently saying, like, we're going to get coronavirus antibodies from llamas. I don't I don't know the details, but that's llamas are nature's greatest warriors. So I'm not surprised. (laughs) Well, maybe it should be. Get some learning done. All right. This is episode 295, so if you want to get the show notes for this episode, cigpodcast.com slash 295 is where you can go. Otherwise, go over to cigpodcast.com with no trailing slashes or numbers to find out how to subscribe to the show. If you haven't already done so, we are on Spotify, YouTube, uh, Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the podcast things. And when this show changes its name and branding, it will be on the exact same feed. So all you got to do is go subscribe right now if you haven't. And make sure you uh, keep subscribing. That's it. Uh, What else? What else do you do in an ending spiel for a podcast? Oh, yeah, you beg people for reviews on Apple Podcasts. Because my validation in life is not derived from the pride I take in my work, like I said earlier. No, no, no. Secretly, all of my validation, self-worth, and pride in who I am as a human being is derived by getting five stars on Apple Podcasts, and I need more. I need more stars. Remember that game? Naturally. There's nothing 
I am empty. A husk. <laughs> Remember the game Number Munchers? I'm like Star Muncher. <laughs> and I'm starving. You don't have enough stars. Uh, otherwise, you can share it with a friend. And I think that's about it. Um, we're back to weekly videos on the Thomas Frank channel. Because I'm back on that B-Minder game, baby. Back relying on external systems that keep me in a balanced place. Instead of relying purely on willpower, which doesn't always work. Simply doesn't always work. So check those out, youtube.com slash Thomas Frank. And I also got bonus stuff, music stuff, all kinds of fun stuff going up on my Instagram, at Tom Frankly. And Martin has cool photos, and sometimes pixel art, and sometimes music. So yo, yo Martholomew for his Instagram. That is it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh yeah, sticky. Okay.